Welcome to The Dietitian Project. I'm your host, Krista Kolajesic. I'm a fellow dietitian and passionate business coach, helping you turn your dreams from vision into reality. I'm so thrilled to have you here with me. Welcome to another episode of the Dietitian Project Podcast. I am really excited that you've joined me for this episode because as we are all experiencing right now, and this depends on when you're listening to this episode, but you know, we're still very much in the midst of COVID-19. And then we also are coming up on cold and flu season, which is just such a joy. And plus back to school and plus more people staying inside and plus all of the concerns around the second wave. And so online practice is really becoming the new norm when it comes to healthcare. And I think in a lot of ways, this is a great thing. We are modernizing the profession by realizing that technology can play a key role in practice without having to take away from the client experience. And I'm going to talk about some of the other benefits in a second, but, you know, I think we're realizing that we can actually have the same results with the convenience and the accessibility of online practice, which is really incredible. So I thought it was a good idea to put out an episode about creating an online private practice, because I think that there's probably a lot of you that are maybe on the fence about whether you want to go private practice or not. Perhaps you're a new grad and you have not found a job yet and you don't know which direction you want to take. Or maybe you are a an employed dietitian who doesn't want to continue on their current path and thinks that entrepreneurship might be something that they want to pursue. And guess what? It's a great time to start an online practice. It is a great time. What's going to be fun here is that I'm going to talk about how to create an online private practice in one day. You could literally do all of the steps that I'm going to talk about and have yourself a business set up in one day. How great is that? That is the beauty of online practice. It's so efficient. It's so easy. And the barrier to entry is so low. So even if you know you don't know if this is a direction that you want to take, the risk of trying it out is actually very low. Very, very low. And so if you haven't yet, listen to my last episode with dietitian Jody Robinson. So she has started a very successful private practice. She's been working in private practice for quite some time now. She had a physical location before. She had a brick and mortar practice. And since COVID, she's obviously transitioned to entirely online. And she was telling me that she's actually going to get rid of her physical location. Doesn't really matter what happens with COVID-19 because she has found that online provides the benefit and the convenience to both her and her client and is not in any way resulting in poor outcomes for the client. And so why not? Why not? Right? So with that, I wanted to provide you with a really to the point, convenient user guide to starting an online business, starting an online practice as a registered dietitian or as a nutrition professional in some capacity. Because I know there's also a lot of students who want to start businesses, 
before they even become a dietitian. So this applies to you as well. So before I get into the steps, I do want to talk about some of the other benefits in case I haven't convinced you at this point. There's tons of benefits to having an online practice. Number one, lower overhead cost. So when you hear me say that, you might not understand what I mean. So I'm going to walk you through it. Basically, when you start a business, you have overhead cost, which is essentially the cost of running your business. So things like paying rent at a physical location or paying for utilities like hydro, like electricity, like wireless internet, all of that stuff, those are all your overhead costs. So suddenly, when you don't have those anymore, any of the money that you are bringing in from seeing clients or from consulting, whatever else it is that you're doing, is going into your pocket as opposed to going towards paying for your rent, your utility, all of your overhead costs. So there's so much less overhead costs that comes with an online practice because suddenly you are just operating out of your home office. Perhaps you already have a laptop or a computer that you use. You know, the expenses that you're going to incur are going to be things like setting up a client management platform, like Practice Better or like Healthy. And we'll talk a bit more about those in a minute. But obviously so much less than paying $500 plus a month to rent out an office space. So do you see what I mean there? And then the other great thing too is that when you actually work out of your home, you have a home office, some of your home expenses then become tax deductible as well. So you can actually deduct a portion of your house, so whether that be your mortgage payments or your rent, from your taxes every year because you're using that space for work purposes. So that's a huge benefit there. Less travel required for both you and your clients, so you can fit more clients or more work into your day, or perhaps just more personal commitments. Maybe you have a family, maybe you have a bunch of things going on in your life, and you could just use the extra time. You don't need to be spending that time traveling in your vehicle. The next piece, convenience and flexibility, obviously for you and your clients, more convenience with timing, with scheduling, all of those beautiful things. Increased access to care for clients. So suddenly, if I'm a dietitian that is residing in a specific city, I'm not limited to people only in that city who can access me physically. Suddenly, I have access to everyone within my province, within my state, which is incredible. That increases your potential client pool exponentially, which is incredible. It also expands your reach for educational purposes. So if you are looking to do webinars, if you're looking to do group programs, if you're whatever that might be, suddenly you have the opportunity to be able to do that, which is really, really, really cool. So it's a smart business decision to create an online practice. It really, really, really is. So I would encourage you, if you're on the fence, I would encourage you to give it a go because again, it's something you can do in one day and the risk of starting it is pretty darn minimal. Okay, so let's get into it. There is a little bit of pre-work that's going to happen before you actually get into what I'm talking about right now. But again, this pre-work, it's not extensive. It's just that you want to make sure you understand who your target audience is and what niche you're going to focus on before you actually get into these steps. 
You can go to episode 18 of this podcast in order to better understand how to define your niche. And then the other thing that you want to do is you want to actually set up your business. And you can read about whichever option is right for you, but it might be a sole proprietorship. It might be an LLC. You want to actually set up your business. You want to figure out your business name and actually set it up. Now, generally, this is not a challenging process and it can be done quite quickly. So all you have to do is just do a quick Google search, setting up a business in your state or your province, and it will run through the different options that are available to you. And oftentimes it's paying a fee online, filling out a form online. That's usually the case. So it can be done quite quickly. Okay, so those are a couple of the things to do for pre-work. So once you've done those, step one, when it comes to creating an online private practice is understanding where you are allowed to practice. Okay, so this is an important one because with online comes greater reach and possibly the potential to go outside of your province or outside of your state. So I'll speak to this in a little bit more detail. In the US, states with licensure, you have to be registered in those states in order to work with clients in those states. So if you're not sure, check the licensure map that's on the AND website. And what some dietitians will do is that they'll actually get registered in different states if they're fine that they're getting a lot of referrals from other states aside from their own. In Canada, it's a similar situation, but provincial regulations for Alberta, Ontario, PEI, and BC do require that you be registered in that province to provide services to those clients. So what dietitians will do, again, is that they may decide to get registered in some of those provinces, or they might partner with other dietitians in those provinces so that if they get referrals, then they can pass them on to their colleague or their partner. So there's a couple different options there. Now, having said that, you know, are you doomed if you choose to just provide services in your state or your province? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Think of all of the local businesses in your area that are absolutely thriving. Think about physiotherapists, think about chiropractor, think about all of those professions that actually have to have physical contact with somebody. So they are only confined to their specific city and they are absolutely thriving. So no, you do not need to expand beyond your state, your province in order to be successful. You do not. As long as you have strong marketing practices in place, you can thrive anywhere absolutely anywhere. And people who tell you otherwise, it's just not true. Okay, cool. So that was number one, understand where you are allowed to practice. Number two, make sure that your liability insurance covers virtual care. So liability insurance, it's a requirement that all dietitians have liability or malpractice insurance. So all you have to do is just call your provider and check to see what your coverage entails you may need to add additional coverage for online care, but a lot of providers cover it. And so this is just a simple phone call, simple phone call to just see, you know, hey, what am I covered for? What am I not covered for? Here's what I'm thinking. Do I need additional coverage for this? So make sure your liability insurance covers virtual care. That was number two. So number three is choose a HIPAA or PEPIDA compliant online practice platform that offers virtual care and telehealth within it. 
So HIPAA and PIPEDA are the personal health information privacy legislation for the U.S. and for Canada. So we want to make sure that the practice platforms that we use are compliant with those regulations. So all you have to do is go onto the website for the online practice platform or the client management platform, whatever you call it, that you think you might want to use and just check to see, is this HIPAA compliant? Is this PEPIDA compliant? They will have some sort of a blog post or a page on their website that goes through what they are compliant with. So in both the US and Canada, currently healthy, which is H-E-A-L-T-H-I-E, and practice better are compliant with both regulations. And so these are the things that you're going to have to spend a little bit of money on at the start. So a platform like Practice Better, $49 a month Canadian for the professional plan. Healthy, it starts at $29 and then goes up from there. I don't know, it was challenging to figure out their pricing on their website. But those are definitely popular platforms that a lot of dietitians use because they have all of this functionality in them. They're designed for practitioners just like you that want to offer online practice. So a lot of these platforms even come with the ability to receive payments through them, with the ability to book appointments, with the ability to actually communicate with your client to make sure it's all safe and secure. Often they'll have templates for any of the client forms that you need. So this is one of those things that just spend the money on because it's going to make your life a thousand times easier and it's going to save you the headache of trying to piece together a number of free platforms and try and figure out if they're compliant or not. Like it's not worth the headache. So pay the money, pay the money. So I've linked to both of these platforms in the description of this podcast episode, just so you can check them out if you want to. And there's a number of other ones. The reason why I list these two is because they tend to be the most popular with the clients that I work with. All right, so just to recap on that, number one, understand where you are allowed to practice. Number two, make sure your liability insurance covers virtual care. And then number three, choose a HIPAA or PEPIDA compliant online practice platform that offers virtual care and telehealth within it. Number fourth, number fourth, number four, (laughs) figure out how you're going to accept payments. So again, you can just, for a lot of these online client management platforms, like the Practice Better, like Healthy, you can accept payments through it, which is great. And a lot of these platforms will take a small percentage of the fee that you charge through the website. So at the end of the day, there's two ways you can think about it. That's just the cost of doing business, and that's fine. Or you can work that into the pricing that you charge your client. Whatever you want to do, you don't have to take that on yourself. But at the end of the day, we don't always want to look for the cheapest option. We want to look for the option that is going to result in the best client experience. And it's going to be the least amount of hassle for us. It's not always a bad idea to do something that is going to cost you a little bit more money if it's going to save you the time, the energy, and if it's going to enhance your client experience. The other thing too, is that these platforms do billing too. So You know, if you at the end of your session with somebody and you want to provide them with a bill, you can do that through the platforms as well. So if you're not using one of those platforms, other people will set up a Square account or just simply e-transfer. Again, it depends on what you want to do. I do highly recommend using one of the client management platforms, though, because they're pretty fantastic. So that was number four, figure out how you're going to accept payments. Number five, add telehealth to your consent form. 
So we know that people need to make sure that they're providing informed consent when they are participating in dietetic services. So we want to make sure that we are adding virtual care to our consent form template so that you know people know what it means to actually exchange information online, uh, whether that be through the video platform, whether that be through email, whatever that might be. You just want to make sure that people are aware of the potential risks and that they are providing informed consent. The other thing too with this is that you want to make sure that you have some sort of office policies that outline what happens if someone doesn't show up or if they cancel on you. So another great thing is to make sure that you have some sort of an office policies form that somebody signs where they understand, you know, are they going to be charged if they don't show up? How much time do they have in order to cancel their appointments or reschedule their appointments or whatever that might be? Because at the end of the day, time is money and you don't want a bunch of no-shows. That's, that's not the way that you run a profitable practice. So the website RD2RD has a ton of templates for client forms, for intake forms, for consent forms, a number of different things. So I would highly recommend checking that out. I've linked to them in this podcast notes, in the show notes. So make sure and check it out. Absolutely so useful. However, with that, a lot of the client management platforms like the Practice Betters actually have this stuff as well. So they have templates for these two. So you can you can find those there. Next one, number six, is having a tip sheet for your clients about online practice. So what this means is have some sort of a one pager that goes through how does your client prepare from a technology perspective and otherwise. So make sure that they know that they wanna be in a private space, that you're obviously going to be talking about their health information. And so you know they need to be somewhere where they feel comfortable to share with you and to talk freely. Is it gonna be video or is it gonna be over the phone? People wanna know if they're gonna suddenly open their computer and, and their face is, is all of a sudden on video and they weren't expecting it people don't respond too well to that. And then you want to also set expectations of the visit. So how long is it going to be? Again, what's your cancellation or your no-show policy? This is important just to make sure that the whole process runs really efficiently and that you're enhancing that whole client experience as well. So that was number six, provide your client with some sort of a virtual care tip sheet. Again, RD to RD has a template for this. Number seven is consider your workspace. So this is kind of a fun one, but, you know, make sure that the background of your video is something that speaks to your brand. It's such an amazing opportunity to reflect your brand, reflect you, your personality, your creativity, and it feels way more professional than having your background be your living room. So, right, like we want to have that separation between personal and between workspace. And so set up a little space in your house, your apartment, wherever that might be, where you can have a background that you can put some sort of a reflection of you and your philosophy, your brand, whatever it might be. So a couple things that I have in my background, which you've probably seen on my Instagram stories, is I got just some floating shelves from Ikea. And then I just you know what I did? I just printed off some quotes that I found on Pinterest that I really liked and I just framed them just so it's a little bit of something to look at. You know, they're quotes that 
are true to me and things that I believe in. I've used posterstore.ca and I, I'm not sure there's must be a US equivalent, but posterstore.ca has these incredible, beautiful posters that you can buy and then frame. And they look like amazing art. And so get creative with it. You know, put something in the background that really reflects you, that reflects what you're all about. Again, it all goes towards enhancing that client experience. And then make sure it's a private space. So, you know, if you have your windows open, close your windows. Use headphones to ensure that nobody else in your house can hear the information that you're talking about. Just make sure it's a nice private space that feels very comfortable and safe for you and for your client. All right, so that was number seven. And then number eight is get clients, right? Get clients. So two ways that can be very effective in getting clients, marketing via your website, which is episode number 16, or marketing 101, which is episode number six. You can listen to either of those and get some ideas on how to market yourself as a dietitian. All right, so I'm gonna recap there just because I know that that was a lot of information. So the steps for starting an online practice, number one, understand where you are allowed to practice. Number two, make sure your liability insurance covers virtual care. Number three, choose a HIPAA or PEPIDA compliant online practice platform that offers virtual care and telehealth. Number four, figure out how you're going to accept payments. Number five, add telehealth to your consent form. Number six, have a tip sheet for your clients for online practice. Number seven, consider your workspace. And then number eight is just get clients, right? That's what we always want to do. That's always our goal. So I hope that that was helpful for you and I hope that you really enjoyed it. If you loved this episode, it's really helpful when you leave me a rating and review because that helps to ensure that this podcast is visible to more people, which is awesome. So if you loved it, please do leave me a rating or review and feel free to share it on your social media. Take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram stories. Tag me. I want to see what you're up to when you're listening to this podcast. I love seeing that. I love seeing people who are out for a walk, who are cooking in the kitchen, whatever that might be, and listening to my podcast. Honestly, it brings me so much joy. So I am excited to hear your thoughts on this. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. And if you have any questions or comments, as always, please reach out to me via my website, or you can slide into my DMs on Instagram at the dietitian project. I would love nothing more than to hear from you. So until next time, have an awesome week. 